Welcome back to another episode of Agile Way podcast, where we explore challenges organizations face on their Agile journey. How to become great Scrum Master, how to change your leadership style, or how to embrace agility at the organization level. I'm Suzy Shukova, Agile coach, certified Scrum trainer, and author of the great Scrum Master book and Agile leader book, and I'm your host for this podcast. I'm passionate about business agility, organizational culture, and Agile leadership, and that was the reason why I decided to start this podcast, to share with you my experiences and stories from my Agile journey. second series of this podcast focuses on business agility and it's sponsored by Emergence Journal. And today I have here Ruchika Sagar. She's a certified coach with a Scrum Alliance and she's very experienced in gaming. So today we focus on games. Why do we use games in our work environment? Oh, what a lovely question, Susie. Um, and thank you for having me here. Uh, games and the power of play um, is something that can so nicely be leveraged and are so relevant to the times today in building cohesion, um, in improving retention rates, in bringing learnings to teams and people, in making sure that we can have those persistent and dedicated teams that are working on a common goal. And what do games have to do with that? Because when you are actually indulging in play, um, you're able to interact with people who we are working with day to day and see them in a different light. You're able to see a different side of their personality. Why games also? Because it sometimes helps you network outside your teams. So if you have an organization level uh, gaming event happening, it can help you network with other people. It can build cohesion right within your team. Um, for any team, for any agile team, when people spend time in play with each other, they have let go of any assumptions, any conflicts, any negative energy, and you have come together as that unit playing together. So you are not going to be spending time in those negative emotions and thoughts. You've got that out of the way. And now your real focus eventually can just be the work at hand. So you've got to know each other so well personally. Uh, one more reason I will provide is that when people uh, indulge and play with each other, they can see that, hey, you know, we build millions of dollars of products working as a team, but let's look at how hard or how easy is it to just be with each other and indulge in play. So those are, those are some, of the, some of the things that come to my mind uh, when I think of games and why games at play. So you take a game as some sort of a team building, right? Absolutely. Team building, team cohesion, emotional intelligence, uh, building team strengths together, having a cohesive identity, 
all of that good stuff. So what is your favorite game? Can you share some story like how that game changed something or how it was useful? It's like picking your favorite child. I, I'm a mom, by the way. And one of my favorite games is something that I recently created um, and sent out the beta version yesterday. It is called new, the online version of New Phone Who Dis. Uh, in this game, people get together and introduce themselves um, and talk about a common theme. Then the moderator pulls up some text message and the group guesses who in the group is most likely to have sent that text message to the group. That is round one. Round two gets even more interesting in which participants then receive a text message and they collaborate and create a response to that funny text message they all received. Another one of my favorite games is the bubble pop in which people uh, pop bubbles to reveal picture behind it and they collaborate and quickly go ahead and uh, pop those bubbles. So there's a, there's a ton of games in my repository that I could endlessly talk about. You know, so, uh, I was just teaching a product owners uh, today, so I have it in my mind. So what would you recommend to a product people like working with stakeholders, maybe this type of environment, how you can help to handle this situation? Absolutely. Oh, one of the common tips that I recently uh, used was in the clarification of roles. Um, in the clarification of agile roles, we put up, and this comes from Jenny Tarwater, who came to uh, Agile Games Midwest uh, to demonstrate these activities to us. She put up a slide with numbers one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 written on the slide. Then she asked this question to participants, what is the sum total of these numbers? Well, the sum total is 55. She asked she asked five different people, how did you get to 55? Some had used a calculator. Some had said, hey, I added the evens together, the odds together, uh, yada, yada. And they then came to this conclusive aha moment that the definition of the what was done by the product owner. What is the sum total? But how we got to the answer was creative. And it was on the dev teams to creatively come to that answer for themselves. So there was that clarification of rules there. Um, there was another one for product owners where it was said, okay, well, because we're talking about product owners and I'm super passionate about this, um, there was a sentence that said soup, salad, and bread. And then the participants were asked, what's on the menu? Soup salad and bread and they were to then clarify I think it's this I think it's that and then the question was asked who clarifies and the answer and the aha moment of who clarifies the what is the product owner oh and one last one Susie just because I'm super passionate about this and I can't stop talking about it there was another one where we looked at the visual recognition of different pictures. What's hiding in a picture? What do we see? What do we not see? And then the clarification of, well, this is what it looks like when a product owner goes through the context, the background, here's the entire picture, here's what's important, here's what we see and here's what we don't. 
but the product owner is there to have that understanding of what's the key important thing in there um, and what's the scope and the definition of the what. So that was another favorite one for product owners. Now, facilitating those games in organizations, right? I'm sure you reached a place where you just did that game and it just didn't resonate. So uh, what's the most difficult on making this game like working? You know, it seems simple, right? They should get this aha moment and it's done, right? But sometimes it's not like that. So what would you recommend to people who are new to this and who start experimenting, you know, Google up some game? start facilitating it. So what's your tip on how to be a good game facilitator? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, Zuzi. Right in the question, as you say, experiment and innovate. It is the value of finding out how are teams working emotionally, intelligently together? What are the relationships? Um, how can we eliminate conflicts? That is the key piece of games. When we talk about games, we can define games with an end outcome of winning or losing in mind. Sometimes you could do games. Sometimes you can do game-like activities in which you're not focused on winning or losing, but simply doing an activity to get a nice, nimble, calm, polite energy flowing through your team. So for anyone who's starting out, my personal recommendation is to start with the gaming activities and then move into the culture of attaching a winning or losing outcome and getting that rearing spirit in um, and using creativity with that. This gaming uh, idea came to us from Agile Games West. So we learned a lot through hundreds of audience, took feedback, and that is how this has come to be something that's a part of me now. Emotional intelligence, the value of figuring out how we can bring more resonance, if you will, in a team is important. So games promote resonance in a team. I remember I've been at one of the meetups in Kansas City where they really have it focused on gaming and there was a really good experience. And mm -hmm. I also have some complete opposite experience from like organizations that say, no, you know, we don't you know, play games here. That's not what we are doing. And they have some like a negative experience with people like reacting this way, rejecting the game, saying like, oh, we don't play or something like this. And what do you do? Well, um, you know, to each their own. Uh, maybe there are some organizations that have figured out other ways to promote cohesiveness and emotional intelligence. This is something that I would typically not force on teams, but if I am a scrum master or a leader who's able to get a pulse of, hey, I sense we can benefit from this because our people can take a break or we care about this cohesion that this method can bring. So this is something that I suggest is not something forced on people, but it's something that they can leverage. Um, and, and frankly, there could be times when you feel like, hey, um, we're having screen fatigue, right? We would not like to be on other conference calls. In those cases, maybe time off is the way for a team to build cohesion to be able to provide that 
value of the person, personal and work-life balance. And at other times, having the social time via a games hour can be super helpful. I'm glad you mentioned virtual, right? Because that makes it harder, those experiences, those fun moments. But what's your favorite game for those like long meetings, et cetera, where you need to raise the energy? For those moments, I love to go to my bag of beta games uh, where we are not being super structured, but we are able to have some goofy moments and you leverage the power of connections. So just getting in an activity to talk about your favorite vacation spot can be that simple, hey, I did this um, and I enjoyed this, what's yours? And hearing about others can be a fun activity to leverage in those times. So imagine a time, you know, where you started your first game. What was it? Oh, wow. This is awesome. Yeah. The first time I started was actually at a meetup where, um, where someone was testing out a beta game. And, and that was that, that, just sparked that spirit in me. Uh, and I started to learn more and more about public gaming conferences. And I just decided to build my own things on this. That's nice. I really like it. Start with some community and be so passionate that you just start doing it. That's really great. What is your one recommendation you would recommend people, you know, our listeners, if they want to start with games and their environment? What is the one thing you would recommend them? I would recommend that be open to games and be enthusiastic about it. Uh, don't be scared. Use your agile values of courage um, and get over the personal hesitation of what if no one likes it? So get over that and start with a small two minute gaming activity with an existing team and be, and just say, hey, you know, let's, let's try this today at the end of our regularly scheduled meeting and let's see how this flows for us. So don't start with an additional load for people but use something as a cadenced forum that is currently existing and introduce a very small MVP or your own adaptation of a game by getting over your personal hesitation of bringing it to your teams and see what that does for you. And from there on, inspect and adapt. Thank you very much for a very nice interview. It was my pleasure to have you here. Oh, thank you, Zuzi. You're always such a pleasure to talk to. In a summary, games can bring the energy in the space. They're a form of team building, but they are also revealing. They can show you the situation in a different light, different perspective. They can enable environments where you're stuck for some reason. Be playful and start experimenting with some. It doesn't have to be big. It can be a smaller activity. It can be a longer game. But don't be afraid. Games are fun and people usually like them. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Agile Way podcast hosted by Zuzi Shakova, author of the Great Scrum Master book and Agile Leader book. If you love listening to this podcast, please leave us a review. If there is any topic you are particularly interested in and would like to hear another episode on it, let me know. For more information about me and my Agile classes, visit our website sochova.com S-O-C-H-O-V-A.com Thank you for listening. Thank you.